We might start every service like this. Because I know it's probably the only time that you have to just kind of decompress. I think the world is getting too noisy. Just far too many distractions. Did you know that there's an actual field of study called interruption science? It's the study of how interruptions affect us as humans. And what does it say about us that we actually need a science like this? There are way too many interruptions. So I want us to carve out some time to calm our mind and to soothe the soul in hopes of hearing what the Holy Spirit has to say to us today. My wife loves the rain and thunderstorms. She finds them peaceful and relaxing. And to me, they cause all kinds of anxiety. She will be uh, at peace on the porch, on the back patio, watching the storm roll in. And I am running around the house with a flashlight looking for leaks in the ceiling. It's funny how the same event can elicit a different response. As a child, um, storms meant sweeping water off of the back patio, fighting with nature to keep the rain from spilling over into the house. And now, today, any time that it rains, my past resurfaces and I go into flood patrol mode. How is the yard draining? And what does the roof look like? And is any water seeping in through the windows? I, I, I can't relax. But that's what the past does. The past does not abide by the definition that we have given it. And if the past is not dealt with, if we do not remove its power, it will take any opportunity to step out of the past and step into the present in hopes of claiming our future peace. Because the past does not stay in the past unless we deal with the past which is something we often do not do. And so we repeat the cycle, the cycle of shame and the cycle of regret or the cycle of fear, the cycle of failure and condemning ourselves because we should have tried harder or the cycle of trying to fill a void. And in our attempt to fill that hole, we make the same decisions, repeat the same mistakes that have already proven to leave us empty. Because the past never really stays in the past. 
until we have finally dealt with the past. Let's spend some time today talking about our past and seeing if we can loosen its hold on us, loosen its power over us. Let's see if we can deal with the past so we can break free of the past. Let me start with the question today. How long do you plan on dragging the angst from your past into your future? I know it may seem like an odd question, but it's one we need to answer. How long do you plan on dragging the angst from your past into your future? How long do you plan on dragging the, the trouble and the sorrow and the regret and the fear and the anxiety into your future? You see, because if, if we want to stop being haunted by the past, we're going to need to face our past so we can stop repeating the past. We're on week number three of our series, Peace, and today I want us to find peace from our past. This Christmas season, let's give ourselves the gift of peace and deal with the past to finally make peace with the past. Pray with me, Lord. Speak to us today. Holy Spirit, do some digging. Shine your light upon us. Expose anything that needs to be revealed, and may we be quick to acknowledge, quick to repent, quick to be corrected, and quick to continue to move on with you and what you have for us. So Holy Spirit, speak to us clearly today and move us past our past in Jesus' name, amen. Maybe, maybe you're starting off on a new career, or you're in a new relationship, or maybe you're in a new season of education, or maybe you're starting over financially. How do we ensure that this time will not be like last time? You'd think that we would learn from our past, but in reality, we learn from our mistakes in the areas that matter least. It only took me one time to realize that slowly pulling up on the emergency brake on a 1973 Chevy Love while going 60 miles an hour down the off-ramp in the rain with bald tires, click one click at a time on that emergency brake, it didn't take me but one time to realize that was a really bad idea as I went spinning down the off-ramp. It only took me one time to learn that when your three-year-old says, Daddy, I need to throw up, you drop everything to get that kid to the bathroom. See, see we, we typically learn from our mistakes in the areas that matter least, but we repeat our mistakes in the areas that matter most. We repeat our mistakes in the areas that have weight and substance. Right? We'll make the same financial decisions the same financial mistakes over and over again. We'll repeat the same relationship mistakes. In a couple weeks, you'll be making a New Year's resolution to be the better version of you. But if the new you starts to look like the old you, 
It may be because you need to make peace with your past so you do not keep repeating the past. But I have good news for us. The good news is that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We talked about this last week, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We said in, in Hebrew, the, the, the term is the Tsar Shalom. Tsar, we get the word Tsar. It means the captain or the chief or the person in charge, the ruler And shalom means wholeness or to be complete or to restore to wholeness. Jesus is our sar shalom. Now, what this means is that 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah looked forward into the future and said that unto us a child will be given and he will be the captain, he will be the ruler, he will be the chief of shalom. He will be the chief, the, 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 the one who will bring wholeness to us. He will be the ruler of, of wholeness, and he will make us complete. He will bring us into shalom. He is the captain, the chief of shalom. He will bring a shalom, is what he's saying, without end. Now, we talked about this last week. The wonder of Christmas is that Jesus moved into the neighborhood with us that he got into the mess, that he may bring us out of the mess, that he enters into the mess to restore that which is broken in me, restore that which is broken in you, that he may bring us to shalom, that he may bring us to wholeness, that he can make us complete. This is the power of Philippians that we see. Go to the next slide, please. Philippians 1.6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He is the Sar Shalom. He brings us to completion. He breaks the power of my past. He brings me into wholeness in spite of my past. Now, in light of this truth, I'll ask you again, how long do you plan on dragging the angst from your past into your future? How long do you plan? I'm dragging the angst from your past into your future. Tired, try to fill that avoid. 
continue to break down our past that we might move past the past? How do we ensure that next time isn't like last time? And here's a couple thoughts that I have. First, we need to take responsibility or we need to own it. In other words, we need to own our portion of the past. Now, whether that was the 10 years ago past or 10 days ago past, if I want to move past my undesirable past, if I want to make sure that my undesirable past does not become my undesirable future, then I have to take responsibility for my past. I have to own it. Now, before we go too much further, uh, as as we're discussing this, I, I, I I want to say that there are some things that you may not be able to own, nor should you own especially if something was done to you as a child in your past, if some type of abuse or some type of offense was, 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 was done against you, that is not your responsibility. You cannot own that. Uh, and so, so I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not talking about those things today. I am talking about those, those things in our past that we can accept responsibility for and should accept responsibility for that we can own the parts of our past that we need to own. So I just kind of want to lay that down first. In order for my undesirable past to not become my undesirable future, I have to take responsibility for my past, which does not come naturally to me because nothing is my fault, because I judge myself based upon my intentions, and my intentions are always great, right? I didn't mean it. I didn't intend to do it, 
And so there's always circumstances involved. Right? It's never my fault. There, there are circumstances that she hurt me and he left me and they fell in love with the bottle or they fell in love with the pill or my professor was incompetent or my family is dysfunctional, my spouse is angry. It was their fault. Right? My past is on them. My past is their fault. But listen, if we're going to own it, we need to have a moment of clarity that allows us to, to admit that the story that we like to tell is the story that portrays us as a victim. We'd rather tell the story about dysfunctional parents or my business partner that cheated me or friends that, that, that left me or a boss that was never satisfied or the ex that did me wrong. But, but let's take a, a really small step forward together, all right? And can we agree that although we like to portray ourselves as a victim, Many times, that's not the full story. Many times, there is more to the story that we conveniently leave out. See, my best chance at a better future is to own my share of the past, Andy Stanley says. My best chance at a better future is to own my share of the past because I will never blame my way into a better future. I cannot play the blame game. I know it comes naturally to us and, and all of us in humanity, but, but we cannot play the blame game and move ourselves into a better future. The first human beings played the blame game, and they didn't have instructions. It just came naturally to them. They had one rule in the garden, and they broke it And Genesis 3. But the Lord God called to the man... Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, yes, I did. I take full responsibility for my actions. Do with me as you will, but leave Eve out of this. That's not at all what he said. Right? It's not anywhere close to what he said. What he really said is this. And the man said, go to the next slide, please. And the man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree. And then I ate it. She made me do it. And if we're being honest, God, <laughs> well, you put her here with me. I didn't really ask for it. You gave her to me, so in reality, this is kind of your fault. Right? It's not on me. So you two get together and you figure out how you're going to deal with it. I'll be waiting for an apology over here. I want you to see something. For the first time, humanity had a past, a soiled past. And what did they do? The first thing, what did they do with that soiled past is they blamed someone else for their mistakes. Right? And here's the thing, here's the thing. Adam's response, it was true, but it wasn't the whole truth. It was partially true. Right? He told part of the story, and this is often what we do. We tell 70% of the story. We tell the percentage of the story that, that, that portrays me as a victim or that I'm innocent or the person that betrayed me. And here's the thing. If we tell 70% of the story long enough, eventually we will believe it is the entire story. But in reality, there's more to the story 
that we often don't tell. See, blame allows me to smuggle parts of my past into the future, right? And it claims my future. When I ignore my part of the past, I smuggle my past into the future. What do I mean by that? I mean past habits come with me. Poor decisions, dysfunction, fear of being alone. It all comes with me. I smuggle it into the present and eventually it will claim my future because I've never owned the past. I've never learned from the past. And so my past keeps following me. This is why history seems to often repeat itself. See, if your new relationship is beginning to feel like your old relationship, it may be because there's things in your past you've never dealt with. If your new job is beginning to feel and look a lot like your old job, it may be because there's some, something in your past you've never addressed. If your new church is feeling like your old church, if your new finances are starting to look a lot like your old finances, history is repeating itself very possibly because you've smuggled things from the past into the present and it's taking away your future because you've never taken responsibility. You've never owned your part of the past. Listen, Listen, if I don't own the past, I won't learn from the past. And if I don't learn from the past, I will repeat the past. And so if you're going to own it, you need to ask yourself, what was my part of the past? What portion of the past do I need to own? What is my responsibility? And allow yourself to experience the full story, not just the 70% that you typically tell, Right? Andy Stanley calls this the circle of blame. In other words, everything in this circle is my past. And so what we do is we ask, all right, I want you to be honest with yourself. What is your part of the past? And what we typically do is say, okay, pastor, I'm going to be open and honest. I'm going to be brutally honest with myself. Here's my part of the, of the past. This, this little tiny sliver, that's me. The rest was on them. This is rarely realistic. Right? This is usually a very small percentage of the story because your part of your past is typically much larger than this. Right? I know it's the story that we like to tell, but there's more to the story that we don't tell. It's true for all of us. There's parts of the story that we leave out. It usually looks something like this. Here's parts of the story that we leave out. Like, I had a feeling. Like, I, I had a feeling something was off. Uh, I, I, looking back, I knew something was wrong with him or her. It, it, it became obvious to me. I knew the relationship, or I had, a, I had a feeling that the relationship was toxic, or I had a feeling I couldn't trust them as a business partner. I, I had a feeling this relationship was moving too fast. I had a, a feeling I shouldn't change jobs. I, I had a feeling that they were lying See, I think these are moments of the Holy Spirit trying to keep us from problems, and yet we don't listen. See, part of the story, part of, part of your past, part of my past, is owning part of the story where I had a feeling and I ignored it. I ignored that prompting. Here's another part of the story that we leave out. What about like, hey, I ignored the signs. I've done a lot of counseling. And you know how many times in marital counseling, eventually it comes out and someone says, well, there were some things I noticed while we were dating. Right? There, there were signs, there were red flags, and I ignored them. 
Right? This is on me. This is on you. Right? This, is, this is your part of the story that you need to own. Right? It wasn't just the feeling. There were actually red flags. There were signs all around that you chose to ignore. How do you make sure this time isn't like last time? You're going to have to start paying attention to the signs. Here's another part of the story that we leave out. I ignored good counsel. Right? When, when you're telling the, the, the story, we leave out this part that, hey, mama told me I shouldn't date this guy. Mama told me he's no good for me, but he looked good in all the right places. And I want what I want. Right? I had friends who told me this was a bad investment. I paid no attention to them. Someone told me not to trust them. Friends told me that changing jobs was a, was a bad idea, but, but I, I, I ignored good counsel. Here's one that we leave out. My priorities were off, right? I was pursuing things that ultimately were not best for me. Right? I was a workaholic or I was chasing the dollar or I couldn't stand to be alone. I needed someone in my life or I didn't like who I was or I thought that it could make me happy. You see, this, this is all part of the story that we often don't tell, but this is part of the story that we need to come to grips with, because until we learn from this, we're going to keep repeating ourselves, and the past will continue to resurface. So what part of the past do you need to own? What part of the past do you need to take responsibility for? To make peace with your past, you have to own your peace of the past. It's true for all of us. So first, we need to own it. Second, we need to take some time and rethink it. We've all asked the question, what was I thinking? We all ask it, but often we don't sit long enough to come up with the answer as to what was I thinking. Right? We, we, we don't actually wrestle with the question to come up with an answer. And here, here, if you don't know what you were thinking back then, how do you know you're not thinking it now? You may be thinking the exact same thing today that you thought 10 years ago, and it failed you back then, and it's going to fail you today, but you don't know it because you don't know what you were thinking back then. See, until you know what you were thinking you don't know what part of your thinking needs to be rethunk. I know it's not a real word, all right? But it flows, right? Until you know what you were thinking, you don't know what part of your thinking needs to be rethunk. You need to sit with yourself. You need to spend some time in prayer. You need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. You need to gather some people around you that can speak truth into your life so you can come up with an answer to the question, what was I thinking? See, if I want to leverage the odds so this time or next time isn't like last time, I have to stop and pause and rethink and ask myself, what was I thinking? You want to know what, what, what you were thinking, what I was thinking? Uh, sometimes we think things like this. Uh, I was thinking I could handle it. And I, I was thinking I had it all under control. What about this one? I was thinking I could keep it a secret. I was thinking no one would have to know. I was thinking I could stay one step ahead of them and this would be my little secret, my own little world. Or, or I was thinking I could change them. 
I, I, I was thinking that, 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 if, that if they just got close enough to me and I got close enough to them, I could change them into a better person. Or I was thinking, they are so, mm, they are so good looking. They are so hot. I, 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 was, I was thinking that the package is, is, is all there, right? That the box was beautiful, but here's the problem. You don't marry the box you marry the Jack or the Jackie inside of the box. I've told you this before. Single people, listen. Listen carefully to me. It's the Jackie in the box. It's the Jack in the box that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And so my suggestion to you is get to know the Jack that's in the box. I know the box looks good. But sometimes the Jack that's in the box or the Jackie in the box can be scary. So my suggestion is that you crank that handle a little bit to see who pops out of the box. Like, like, uh, like baby, I, I didn't ever told you, but I don't really like watching football. I don't want to watch it anymore. Do, 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 do. And uh, hey, what, what's wrong with your family? And, and what's up with your mama? Do, 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 right? And you got to see what pops out of that box because that's what you're going to spend the rest of your life with. What about this one? I was thinking I'd be rich. I made bad business decisions because I thought I would be wealthy. Or I was thinking I'd get a raise at the end of the year and it would cover the additional expenses. I've made that, I've made that problem. I, I was thinking that my situation is unique. Listen, you are unique, but your situation is not unique. Right? Your situation is not unique. Scripture says there's really nothing new under the sun Meaning you're not going through what everyone else hasn't gone through as well. But here's the thing. Is this, this idea of my situation is unique is what allows us to dodge wise counsel. Someone will come to you and say, this is just not a good idea. Or a pastor may come to you and say, here's what scripture says. Your, your parents may say, you need to put on the brakes. And, and we justify it to ourselves by saying, well, you don't really know my situation is unique. Your situation is not unique. And if that's what you're thinking, you are putting yourself in a position where you're going to repeat the past. Or I was thinking that if I only had blank, you fill in the blank, then I would be happy. As a kid, my mom used to tell me, don't eat before dinner or you'll ruin your appetite. Here's the thing about appetites, that if I ruin one appetite, there's always another one not far behind. That's the thing about appetites is they're never really satisfied. And there's always another appetite right behind it. That's why this idea that if I only had blank, my appetite would be satisfied, it's a myth, right? Appetite is never satisfied when it goes unchecked. Maybe you were thinking this one. I was thinking that marriage would solve our problems, I was thinking that marriage would make our relationship stronger. Uh, we have a premarital uh, counseling assessment that uh, couples go through. And one of the questions is, I believe that living together will solve most of our relationship issues. And when both people say strongly agree to that, that's a red flag. Because if you're married, you know, right? Marriage, living together, doesn't solve the problem. It just like puts a torch on them, right? Everybody sees them. But oftentimes we, we repeat the past because I, I, I was thinking that 
marriage or I was thinking that a, a, the, a moving in together, it would solve our problems. Listen, listen, take some time to rethink it. What were you thinking? What were you thinking that put you into that situation? See, if you think the way you used to think, you will do the things you used to do and you will get the things you used to get. Look at Romans 12, Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. How much effort does it take to conform to the pattern of this world? Zero. Right? I say it all the time. Just pick up your feet, go with the flow of current, and you will conform to the pattern of this world. Scripture goes on to say, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Rethink it. Right? Allow your thoughts to be changed. Have your mind renewed. Have, have your thinking transformed. Don't be a stamped out version of culture. Rethink it. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to transform your mind and your thinking. Now, what does it take to transform your thinking? How do we ensure that next time isn't like the last time? You need to transform your thinking, rethinking, and rethink it. And how does this happen? How do we renew the mind? Well, first thing it's going to take, it's going to take some time. And we don't like this one. But when you're coming out of a season of despair, a season of heartache, a, a, a season of uh, abuse, or whatever that might look like for you, time is your friend. As you're trying to rethink it, as you're trying to figure out the answer to the question, what was I thinking, time really is on your side. In other words, if you're coming out of a bad relationship, time is good for you. Right? You should not jump back into another relationship because you have not thought through what you did wrong in the, in the last relationship. And if you think the same way you did in the last relationship, you may very well turn the new relationship into your old relationship. Time allows our thinking to be renewed. Right? It allows God to perform a work with us, within us. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, but what if, what, if I meet, what if I meet Mr. or Mrs. Wright right after that old relationship ended? Listen, the problem is you're not Mr. Wright. You're not Mrs. Wright. Time is your friend. Allow your mind to be renewed. Here's what else we need for renewal to take place. Renewal takes influence. We're going to need to surround ourselves with people who will have positive influence on our thinking. Surround yourself with people who are wiser than you are. Allow godly counsel to be spoken into your life. Now, when counsel comes contrary to what you want, do not justify it by saying, well, my situation's unique. It's not true. It's not true. Right? Gather people around you. This is why regroups are, are so important, because you will gather people around you who can help you. You need people around you that are not afraid to say, what are you thinking right now? What are you doing right now? You're heading down the wrong path, and it's the same path you were on five years ago. Gather people around you. Surround yourself with people who make good decisions and set themselves up for success. It's talking about influence. Allow the Word of God to transform your thinking. 
Allow the truth of Scripture to wash over your mind, to wash over your thinking. Find Scripture that is dealing with what you're dealing with today and put it to memory. I tell you this all the time. I hope you're doing this. The beautiful thing of the internet is just type in, what does the Bible say about blank? Find some scripture that resonates with you and begin to memorize it. Put it on a three by five card, put it in a phone app. I don't care how you do it. Spray paint it on your bedroom wall, but that you may be able to begin to meditate on it and that you can memorize it and it will begin to change who you are. It will change your thinking, right? Hebrews 4.12 promises that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? It will cut through the fat. It will leave what is valuable. Influence, influence. Allow the word of God to wash over your mind. And what are the results of a renewed mind? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you want to know the purpose of God, if you want to know the will of God, you're going to need to have your mind renewed. Your thinking will need to align with him. And as that happens, you will prove what the will of God is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Listen, don't make any drastic life decisions if you're coming out of a bad season. Give yourself time. Allow your mind to be renewed. Surround yourself with people who can influence you. Right? Allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does. Rethink the situation. Ask yourself some of these questions. What could I have done differently to avoid that season of pain? What did I learn from that season? What did I learn about myself in that season? Why did I rush into it? Why did I ignore the signs? Why did I ignore the counsel? Why did I ignore that gut feeling? How have I matured? And how has my past made me wiser? If you don't have clear answers to that, my advice is you need more time. More time to rethink. More time to be influenced by people wiser than you, more godly than you, smarter than you, and more time to allow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to transform your thinking. All right, we have one more thought. My last thought is to take away its power. And if we're going to deal with the past... We need to take responsibility, we need to own it, we need to rethink it, we need to take away its power. Now we're going to shift a little bit, we're going to shift our focus a bit towards the people in your past and my past who have hurt us and done damage to us. Ask yourself this question, how long do I intend on letting the people who injured me in the past influence my future? How long do I intend on letting the people who injured me in the past influence my future? Is it another month? Is it another year? Is it another career? Another relationship? Another group of friends? Another church? Another boss? What does that look like for you? 
See, the only way to make sure that those people in the past who hurt us, the only way to ensure that they have no hold on your future is to take their power away by releasing them from your past. The Bible calls this forgiveness, and it does not come easily. Forgiveness allows us to, 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 to see the past and allows us to release the past. So we're not carrying around the baggage from the past by hanging on to all sorts of bitterness and unforgiveness. Look at Ephesians 4, 26. In your anger, do not sin. Now listen, there, 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 there's, there, there's a, an interesting idea. There's two imperatives here, right? It actually means that you can be angry, but while you are angry, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin, meaning that there is a time and a place to be angry. There is a reason to be angry. There is an appropriate place for anger. When someone hurts you, when someone takes advantage of you, when someone cheats you, there is an appropriate place for anger there. But the question needs to be asked, how long will we hold on to that anger? Because there will be a period where that anger becomes sin and it becomes a root of bitterness. It becomes a root of unforgiveness in us. And that means that the person in your past is still affecting your future. Scripture is clear and it's so, so much wisdom. In your anger, do not sin. And here it says, and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. There's a lot of wisdom here, Right? Married couples, your husband does that same thing that's been bothering you for the last 15 years. And you talk to him about it and he's like, man, I blew it again. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And you kiss and you make up and everyone goes to bed happy, right? But sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes the anger is, is too big to deal with between sunsets, Sometimes the offense is too big to deal with between sunsets. The betrayal is too great, and you have a reason to be angry, but we have to ask ourselves, how many sunsets will we allow until we decide to let it go? Ephesians 4, 27. And do not give the devil a foothold. Right? Do not give the devil an opportunity. Do not give him space. Do not grant him. Do not gift him an opportunity. Do not give him a staging ground to bring havoc upon your life, Scripture is saying. Right? If, you, if you take away the power of those who hurt you, it's going to start. If you're going to take away the power from them, it's going to start with one thing. It's going to start with a decision. Right, The decision to not give the devil an opportunity because he weasels his way into everything. Look at verse 30 and 32. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage and all anger. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Catch that last phrase. Just as in Christ God forgave forgave you just as in Christ God forgave you forgiveness it will never start with a feeling right if you want to if you want to 
if you want to release its power, it's never going to start with a feeling. It's always going to start with a decision. It's going to start with a choice. I'm making a decision to pardon the person who hurt me in the same way that God has pardoned me through Jesus Christ, right? I am guilty. I did it. I deserve punishment, but God gave me what I do not deserve. He pardoned me in the same way that God gave me forgiveness. I'm going to release the person who hurt me. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let them go. Hey, make no mistake, they're guilty, right? They did it. Uh, uh, By forgiving them, it's it's not minimizing what they've done. It's not ignoring what they've done. It's not saying it wasn't a big deal. It's not saying that they're not guilty. It's simply saying that I am not the judge and I cannot bring justice. And so what is best for me is to take away the power they're holding over me and choosing, making a decision to forgive them. It's the only way to break the chain from the past. It's the only way to finally let them drift away is by offering forgiveness. You will release their hold on you when you choose and continue to choose because it will be a daily decision to let go and to forgive. Decide for yourself. You don't own me anymore. You will not affect my future anymore. I'm letting go. And here's my suggestion. You do it first. Don't wait for them. They may not even know what they've done, right? They may not even be around. They may not remember it. They may not even be alive. You do it first because scripture is encouraging you The Holy Spirit is saying, you go first because it is actually in your best interest. How do we ensure that next time isn't like last time? Take responsibility for your part of the past. Own it. Take time to rethink the past. And then finally, take away its power. Holy Spirit, I don't know what that means for each person who is listening but I know that we all have something in our past that we need to deal with, and so I'm praying for wisdom upon us. I'm praying that you would enlighten us. I'm praying that we would finally be able to leave the past in the past. Praying that we would would be able to own it, and Holy Spirit, that you would help us rethink it, that you would transform our thinking, transform our minds. I'm praying especially right now for those people who, who even when they hear the word forgiveness, it, it just is a, an assault against them. It's everything that they can do to even continue to hear someone speak about forgiveness because they've been so hurt. Holy Spirit, I'm praying that you would whisper to them in a way that no human can. And you would speak to them about making the choice to forgive them just as you forgave us. It starts with a choice. It starts with a decision today to let it go. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just cleanse us. Cleanse us in this area. 
that we may be free. It is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, one thing to hit on for the announcements. Our Christmas service is this Wednesday at 5, 6, 15, and 7.30. Um, I will get an email sent out to you whether or not it will be live streamed. We're hoping it will be. Uh, but if you can make it, come on down, mask up, and uh, join us for a Christmas celebration. Remember that next week, uh, the 27th, online services only. That won't affect most of you because you're online currently. Uh, but the 27th, we will not have any live service. It will be online only. Hey, Merry Christmas to you. If I don't see you or don't have an opportunity to address you before, Merry Christmas. Blessings to you and your family in the new year to come. I pray great things to be upon you in 2021. If you need anything, reach out to us. We're always here for you. God bless. We'll see you soon.